Big time is showtime and action. What's up, Jason McDonald? How you doing, Billy boy? Good, good. Thanks nice for coming on my boy. show again. Yeah. <laughs> no problem, pal. We had some um, audio problems the last time going through Connecticut. Um, I it, That's nice. Yeah. Also, I think I just uh, maybe was uh, talking over you, maybe. And uh, I want to give you the fl- I want I want to give you the floor, kiddo. And um, listen, I'm just gonna give a little background right here. Uh, Jason McDonald was a uh, I think you were a six round pick or a fourth round pick for, to Detroit. Six. Six round yep, pick to correct. Detroit. Um, uh, grew up in 1992. P- okay, yeah, take it from uh, take it from the draft, uh, and then um, maybe we can uh, backtrack a little after. Okay, so I just I'll give you a little bit of history how it all started. I played junior uh, up here in the Maritimes from Shelltown, Prince Edward Island, from an, for for an old uh, Boston Bruin actually, Billy. Some of the the uh, older older people might remember Forbes Kennedy played for the Bruins back in the day. He was my junior coach, and then I played uh, in the OHL. Went moved on to the OHL for four years, and like you said, was drafted by Detroit out of there. Um, and then moved on to the American Hockey League, where I spent most of my career, obviously, for 12 years um, doing the gauntlet in many of the different cities as you and I cross paths in Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, halfway through. So um, kind of gives people a little bit of a background on where where uh, the path that I took. So, so you were, but, a big, yeah. you were a big recruit coming into the OHL. Tell us about that. You were a seventh round in the OHL draft, I think. Oh, seventh overall? Sorry. No, I was seventh, seventh overall. overall yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Tell us about that. So, um, again, playing junior, tier two junior. So I played tier two junior when I was 15. So my second year Bantam, I was eligible to play Bantam. I went and played junior, um, which I think obviously just skipping those levels put, put you on the radar fairly high up there. Um, and just, you know what, Billy, and just for the listeners, like a Toronto kid, the Maritime kid is a much different kid. You know, people from Toronto kind of wouldn't say look down their nose, but we're, we're known for a gritty part of the country. And that was not a lot of the Maritime kids got to go to the OHL back then. So in the early nineties, it was kind of a unique thing to make that move, which was about 15 hour drive for me to go play there. So um and then um yeah did the did the four years there in junior and i actually you were in the london knights billy i think when i was yeah, known yeah, sound yeah we played against each other i remember you um oh, we, i want to i want to talk i want to talk a little bit about um about um go going back further like um to like uh childhood if you could start out at like uh, when did you first put on a pair of skates and, and who got you those skates was it your dad I, I met your dad before what a great guy what a great uh family you have and please say hello to your parents for me i will for sure probably yeah, yeah like most people you know our parents play were a big part of that um getting into the ranks and doing all that stuff and and in uh, the game of hockey being expensive as it was. So, I mean, you know, the parents, parents played a big role and in, in, uh, put a lot of their hard work earnings into it for me, for sure, you know, and then to get away off from the Maritimes and um, to go do what I did, you know. So it, it wasn't um, a glorious 15 years in the NHL, but it was still um, a, good a nice little uh, nice little hockey career, right, to go and do be able to do it. So, 
Well, when I and met we, you, you were 26 we, years old. You had a bunch of money. You had your own car. You were a fucking pretty cool guy. <laughs> I was like, all right, this guy's cool. <laughs> I'm like, I'm psyched to be friends with this guy. Anyways, um, yeah, man, you're a great guy. Probably the most solid uh, human being and uh, player I ever played with. Um, so listen, um, you went to North Bay 7th overall. Um, it says yeah. here in 19, your first year, it says you had 57 games played, 12 goals, 15 assists. And a, a, a 126 penalty minutes, that's a lot for a 15-year-old kid to be fighting. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, yeah. you had to have at least 10 majors if you're going to get uh, 126 uh, pims. How many majors did you have your first year of junior? Probably. You're probably right. Probably around 10 or 11. I played for Bert Templeton. It probably wouldn't mean much. I mean, but he was a guy in the OHL who was a um, – Old school guy. He was – he was very old school in the CHL. Had one of those names, Brian Kilray, Bert Templeton, da da da. Um, but liked tough hockey, man. He yeah, he'll uh, tell you he'll tell you on the bus after too if you didn't play good. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, he did. I remember I used to. He he would yell up to the bus all the up the bus. He'd sit at the back of the bus having a few bur barleys um, in those days back then, and you would come out of Peterborough with your eyes closed over, and he'd be just abusing you, saying that you get fed and stuff. <laughs> you got fed McDonald's. <laughs> you know, sitting there trying to write love letters back home to the out east, right? So you grow uh, up quick. That's what I'm thank oh, yeah. God that those days aren't it's a little different nowadays, right? But Yeah, um, nobody's ever been afraid to hurt my feelings. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, yeah. We're used to it, so you stand in line, I tell the motherfucker. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you've got traded so, from North Bay after your uh, second year? Or during your second year? I, you know what? They were going for the Memorial Cup my second year. So my 16-year-old, I played, sat in the bench, played a little bit, right? Kind of what you do as an underage. Actually, Mike Pekka just thrown that in. Mike Pekka was an underage that year, Billy. I remember watching him going, wow, that dude was good. He was good as an underage player. I've uh, got much yeah. more ice time than I did. We played in Sudbury. But um, yeah, yeah. I got yeah. traded to Owen Sound. Got traded to Owen Sound as a 17-year-old. And that yeah. was probably the best thing that could have happened. They weren't as strong and got lots of ice time and had a couple of solid 50-goal seasons pretty much, 46 and 55. So yeah, then, you, then you turn the page and go on to pro, right? As we know that, the old American League, the, the gauntlet, the jungle. Not, yeah, let's not talk. Really fun yeah, <laughs> Dude, it was fucking insane. Anyways, uh, let's talk yeah. about your first training camp in the NHL after you get drafted. Must have been a big, uh, big thrill for you and your family. Yeah, yeah. So you do that. You go. Detroit was winning the Stanley Cups back then. They were very powerful. Um, but it was always a, it was a thrill. I mean, I remember those are some of the best hockey memories is going to those Detroit camps back as a teenager, uh, Stevie Y and Paul Coffey and, uh, Federoff, just to name a few of the guys back then. I remember one scrimmage, Billy, you'd get a kick out of this. Paul Coffey told me, he's like, settle down, kid. You're working way too fucking hard, man. You're working way too hard. I'm like, is that yeah, what okay, he said? I guess so. <laughs> yeah. That's Why did he say that to you? <laughs> Well, he just thought I was working too hard. He was trying to light his <laughs> cigarette in the morning, I guess. I t- are you... He's a good guy, though. He's a funny guy. I don't know if you crossed paths with that guy. Never. I know him that well, but Haven't he was a nice guy, you. yeah. Yeah, you usually yeah. talk to me a lot about Stevie Y. Stevie Y was a gentleman, too, of the best. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, had, uh, yeah. You, had a real, uh, you had a real affinity for that guy when we played together. We were 26. He was older. Um 
you know, and um, it was it was it was kind of tough at first uh, to separate, you know, Stevie Y from, you know, I'm here I'm playing against him and, and stuff like that. But uh, when you talked about him, um, I was like even even a bigger fan after you said how hard he worked, what a good guy he was to you and the younger guys and in the camps. And uh, yeah. it was actually a lot like that, too. Um, okay, well, you just took the word. You know the way it is after you do it, right? There's special people, and a lot of guys that are good just don't have the time for people. It is what it is. But it means a difference when there's guys like that. You're right. Mario, um, there's lots of guys that i not off the top of my head, but Stevie Y and Mario were guys like that. Mario was always a gentleman at training camp. Time for everybody, right? Yeah, he, uh, so, he was uh, very, um, you know, he didn't disappoint, humble. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, he didn't disappoint. Yeah. So listen, we're in the we're we're in the Adirondack. We uh, uh first year we don't have uh, stats. I think you played in the can, can, Canada national team or or along there at some point. Um, yeah. Can you tell us about that? Sure. So, Glens Falls play two years, play out my contract in uh, in, in uh, Detroit, and I didn't get re-signed after playing out my um my first contract. Um. You didn't, a lot have, of you didn't have bad you. numbers, Jason. You didn't have bad numbers. No. Your second year, your second My, year, yeah. you had 22 points in 43 games with 100 pimps. Your first year, you had uh, 35 points in 68 games with 238 pimps. You didn't have bad numbers. Yeah. What'd you get uh, in trouble? Did you get sent down to the East Coast League for nine games? <laughs> what happened there? Yeah. I, well, I had better off-ice numbers than on-ice numbers, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple games going fun. on. Guys, for the guys that don't, the young guys that don't know it, there's two games actually going on at once. <laughs> That's right. I was much better at the one with just dress shoes on than skates at that time, so. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but no, I learned, I learned my lesson. I learned some lessons there. My first. Did you get busted? Did you get busted curfew? Tell that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got busted for curfew, but you got to remember. I mean, up here in the Maritimes, we were drinking at like fourteen and fifty, and it's part of our heritage. And I just, I just assumed that that's what people did earlier in their career. So, so what happened? You walked through the lobby, and there was a, there was a, uh, one of your coaches was around the corner, and then he got you the next night. Yeah, we were up in Portland, up at the old Holiday Inn, up there above the rink, and a bunch of us were downtown, and. Me being my first or second year, I probably, I guess, wasn't supposed to be out with the older guys. But I, like I said, I enjoyed being out, so I obviously went along for the for the time. And then when we came back to the hotel, um, our coach there was hiding out behind one of the poles with one of his fake mustaches on and glasses. Are you fucking and, kidding me? Uh, Is that real? <laughs> <laughs> well, I am kidding you, but he he was hiding out. He didn't have the fake mustache on. Right? <laughs> <laughs> And then I was I was going along like an old goat. Old Mike Needham had me down, pretending that we were uh, we were yeah animals that night. No, that was a crazy time. I think it was our Halloween party in Portland too. So, but yeah, I did have a little stint in the coast, and again, that was another wake up call. So, um, live and learn, Billy. But you know what? You got to have stories. So yeah, I was then- always. Uh, <laughs> And then you played in the national team for a year, so you learned your lesson. You you didn't, but then you then they wanted you again. You must have you uh, worked on your game and uh, come That's back nice. with a vengeance because you had some good numbers the next couple of years for sure. Yeah, had, uh, you know what? Manitoba Moose, you had eighty-two games with twenty-five goals, twenty-seven assists for fifty-two points and two hundred and eighty-three pims. How do you not get a call up there? Yeah. 
Well, that's when Pittsburgh signed me. That's when you and I came across each other, right? So when right. I came to Wilkes-Barre, I played in Winnipeg two years before. But Canadian national team, Andy Murray, great, great guy, coach of Los Angeles Kings, really good man. Um, probably the best thing for me that year. It's funny how things happen. I end up going to the national team. I was kind of slighted because I wasn't in the American League anymore. I thought it was a back step, but it ended up being probably the best move of my career and uh, worked on a little foot speed and stuff like that and got to travel the world, man. was at 15 different countries and another little experience, right, that uh, at the time didn't think was great, but ended up being awesome. Yeah, you were pretty cultured when I met you. I was like, this kid, like, is, is good to talk to, too. He's not just a cool guy. <laughs> For a follow from up in Charlottetown, Billy Boy, what? Well, you know, by the time you were 26, you had been away from home for, like, you know, a good 10 years. So Yeah. Pretty awesome. And then, uh, and then, we, and then we go to our Wilkes-Barre days, right? Our, our Wilkes-Barre days were my next part of my career, and... We uh, we had lots of great times there. You and I were roommates. Well, we played together. You, yeah. you bolstered along my game, Billy, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. I never yeah. seen anybody anybody uh, anybody quite. I've been in the American League five or six years at that point. And didn't see many guys actually pumping your tires a little bit for you, dominate in the way you did, Billy. Um, shorthanded. What you have seven or eight shorthanded goals at Christmas that year, I remember. And my numbers were shooting out of the top up until the up until the lineup got changed a little bit. Our lines, I think I had 17 goals with you at Christmas. Yeah. Or 16 in Wilkes-Barre. So, yeah, we were um, dominating. We were and we lived together, brother. You were? We lived together. Yeah. Taught you how to cook. Yeah. Yeah, you taught me a lot. <laughs> taught me how to hide uh, the fucking uh, the vacuum in. You do the cooking. <laughs> I'll do the dishes. You buy the food. You go do the grocery shopping. <laughs> oh, uh, Worked out great. Yeah. yeah. No, it did. So, um, yeah. What else? Where else are we at now? We're in Wilkes-Barre, and we're cruising around there. Yeah, we're cruising around in the Cherokee. We both had Jeep Cherokees. Mine was a box one. Yours was rounded, right? Yeah. Yeah, both had yeah. black Jeep Cherokees. That's all I remember, really, about that. You know. What a season, though. We met uh, Glenn Patrick. Glennie was probably uh, my favorite coach I ever had. What about you? Glenn was a good man, another great guy that, you know, that the game, what we talk about, meeting people and, and uh, good people. And Glenn, Glenn was uh, very good to me there, both Glenn and Craig, when I was there for my three years. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so you were there. We got um, everyone. When I shit kicked Trent Cull at the rookie party. Do you remember that? <laughs> um, I, I, I do remember that. I won't go into detail, but I do remember that. That was that was that was Halloween that uh that broke out. No, that was the rookie I was party. Just, that was yeah, the rookie party. But it yeah. was around around Halloween, I think. Yeah, know? it was a rookie party in the parking lot of some restaurant. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah, you I gave me the head. You gave me the nod. You gave me the nod when he pushed me. I looked at you. You, you just nodded your head, <laughs> and that's all I really needed at that point. Yeah, we won't get it. But yeah, when two guys want to, somebody wants to try to prove something. I guess you just let them find out the hard way, right? It's, yeah. Go ahead. Come, yeah. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> you sure? You sure? <laughs> yeah, anyway, so listen. Uh, any, what about our? 
Well, but hang on now. We'll tell, her, we'll tell the listeners, though, our first year there, we went to the Calder Cup Finals, man. we got to mention that. Like, Yeah, well, we the lost. Squad that we had yeah. probably the toughest team in the American League we had. We had the toughest team, in, and oh yeah, really, oh, yeah. We, we, went, we lost in six games. I mean, that could have been a uh, – we could have won the Calder Cup. Yeah, we lost because I couldn't go to Canada. We lost every game in Canada, and we won every game at our place, so um. – Pretty funny. Yeah. Yep. I watched the last game. I watched you guys lose in St. John um, at the bar yeah. with the, with the, with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton uh, fan club, actually. Yeah. Some, some random bar. Shout out on the big fan club. Yeah. The shout out to the Wilkes-Barre and uh, Carol Plevick and, and her crew. And um, yep. um, who was that um, GM guy? Jeff something or other. He was a good dude. Jeff, well, Jeff, Jeff Barrett is the president. Jeff yep. Barrett is a very yeah. good man. He was a good He's been always been very good to me and my son. Yeah, he was and Greg, good to me. Greg, there you go. And um, Patrick Steidel, shout out to you. Mark Duma, shout out to you. Mike Yo, <laughs> Dumi was great. Yeah, yep. yep. Um, Those guys didn't have an easy job looking after the jungle that we created in around there with all the guys back. Yeah. Yeah, we so. had a wild bunch. We had a wild bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember our goal song? What it was? Uh, who let the dogs out? No, was American it? Girl. That was just like Saturday night, bud, before last call in that place. Buddy, we game. won like 23. We were like 23 and like three and two, uh, something crazy, 33, something crazy. I, I think yeah. we won like 17 straight or something like that. I forget what it was. Yeah. We, we had a wagon. Uh, the kid Toby, P- like, let's talk about the guys who ended up playing in the NHL. Toby Peterson, Tommy Kostopoulos, yourself, myself, um, Bonvi. Uh, did Parsons have, no, Parsons never got a game. Um, Walsh never Some got a game. Some of the defensemen. Oh, Skidier, No, that was the second Warpick. year, though, they were on the team. Right. Joseph McCarr. John Slaney uh, was fucking Valley. unbelievable, to be honest with you. Uh, John Slaney was John Slaney was best guy the top, too. Best player in the league. Yeah, three. You, a bunch of. He's very, very, very good. Slanes. Yep, he was awesome. But really, we actually traded him. Remember, we traded him before the Calder Cup Finals for Kevin Stevens, and we no, didn't I even have him. Chris Kelleher right. really stepped up his game in the playoffs. There's a Boston boy. He was Kelleher. awesome. He was awesome. At the end of the year, he was the lightest I had ever seen him on his feet. Um, because he, he played so much in those playoffs, he lost so much weight. He was down to like 190, and I had never seen a kid uh, move like that. He had some real good talent, Chris Kelleher. Real good talent. Uh, he should have played yeah. in the NHL for 10 years. I can't believe they didn't play. I mean, some of these guys, it's crazy. Another guy, local guy, I remember, Rich Brennan. He never um, – yeah. actually, Richie did play in the NHL, I think, so I'm wrong there. But um, anyways, listen, let's get yeah. back on track here. We're in Wilkes-Barre. We're ripping it up. I'm back – I'm up in uh, Pittsburgh. I get traded to Philly. The next year you st- you signed back with the, with the Penguins or you went to the Wolfpack? No, I, I had two more years with the Penguins there, and they stripped us down fairly good after that run that we had. We lost a pile of people, so it was it was kind of a miserable next two years, to be honest. There in Wilkesbury, really? obviously, it, it, as far as winning, you know what I mean. As far as when you have that good team, it's not it's not fun when you're not winning, and uh, definitely not fun when you're going into the Spectrum on a on a Friday night with, um, you know. They, the, bunch, the bunch of pussies. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a bunch of fucking kittens. Yeah, um, yeah. That was long. Yeah. So 
So then we, we wrapped up our little Wilkes-Barre uh, jaunt, and then we went on to Hartford, Connecticut. Nikki Fatio, your buddy Nikki Fatio, and Ryan McGill, and Jim Schoenfeld, that the crew over there running the Hartford Wolfpack. You had a good year there. You got called up. Your first uh, call up, it took you only took you, what, uh, 10 years? Eight, yeah, <laughs> 10 years. 10 years. Yeah, it only took 10 years to get fucking 10 years in, games. what, 600 games? 600 yep. American League games? 600 American League games. Tell us about your 750 call. really been played, but call up was um, well. We I, I got off to a good start in Hartford and had a few good tilts and uh, was was finding the back of the net a little bit and got my confidence and and uh, as you know, like you, confidence is everything on those two levels. You got to have your little bit of juice about you. So oh, yeah. Um, Probably about Christmas, Billy. Just before Christmas, I, I got my first call up against the, the played the Buffalo Sabers in Buffalo, and uh, yeah, played in Toronto the next night. That was a crazy, crazy night. I ended up getting kicked off the plane or held off the plane because my passport, my border <laughs> wasn't up to check. So they ended up taking me off there, and then I stayed in Niagara Falls and partied for three or four days. That was a good time. That was over Christmas holidays. Listen, let's backtrack a little. I was just laughing. Okay. You gotta, you gotta tell the story about how, uh, how you're sitting there and Lindros is like, "Kid, you're making me nervous." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, first night I, I in Buffalo it wasn't just to give you a kind of a little bit. It wasn't uh, you go down the roster and there's no like you know nobody's crazy name there that you see as a kid. It was mostly American League guys from Rochester. So. Buffalo actually played a great game, thought, you know, but the next night I went into Toronto. So now it's hockey night in Canada. Doesn't mean a lot to you guys down there. I don't know if you do know what it oh, is, it but does. it's, it's, it's yeah, it's a big thing Saturday night in Canada. They kind of everybody watches like Monday night. Football. Football. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. So um, I'm in the starting lineup and say there reads out the Leafs starting lineup <laughs> too, right? So it's me and Barnaby and like Holik and then Hold he on, reads out his B line. Glenn is in the room. Gun Sater's coaching the Rangers that year. Oh my God! He's coaching. Yeah, he's coaching that. Tom Rennie's the assistant coach. Who's I think it was the, the last assistant? year he Who's coached. The assistant? Uh, Tom Rennie and um, the old Bruin there. What's his name? Uh, Terry O'Reilly. Okay. Yeah. He was an assistant when I was there. Him and it was him and Sean Feld and Trottier. And right. uh, and Sean Feld and Trottier. And uh, O'Reilly, and none of them really said much to anyone. I don't know what it was like those few games. Yeah, yeah, they didn't With say Sada. a whole lot to me. They even, called, yeah, they, Sather called me. He was calling me Jamie the whole time. I didn't give a shit. I was, I was even answering to it. So. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I remember talking to him in the stick room one time. It was the strangest fucking thing. I mean, I'm like, here I am, like, just me and Glenn Sather. And all I want to say to him is, where the fuck is Mark Messier? How come he doesn't come to any practices? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm saying he just keeps wanting to talk to me about, like, I don't know, situate or something. I don't know, like, where I'm from or, like, whatever it is. And all I want to say is, do you know how fucked up this team is right now? Nobody even tries out there. But you can't. You can uh, yeah. Say, oh, yes, sir. Yeah, oh, great. And then he walks away with, like, you know, his $75 million and you walk yeah. around with, Wake shaking your head going, this, fucking, this is crazy. He's walking around with his cigar, chewing on yes. his cigar. I yes, with like a $2,000 shoes on. 
I'm like, this fucking guy's <laughs> yeah, he looks good for his age too, I'll tell you that. Oh yeah. He does. They were good, you know, hey. Yeah, he was good. Not to many teams not many teams would give a guy in my position, even if you did deserve to play there and you were good enough, you know yourself. They um they look at it and go, Hey, we don't want to call a guy up that has nine years in the minors, or should we call up a young guy that we drafted in the second round? Those guys they called up me. So I mean, um I, I'm forever grateful for what they uh for my opportunity anyways, to be able to say out of all that years that you got some games, right? So Yeah, I was so proud of you. I, I was mean, so happy for you. Yeah, yeah. It was a long old uh long old wait, but anyway, it's is what it is. So Well just for the kids out there, imagine uh like, how how of the, the um intestinal fortitude of Jason to stick with it. And then he got rewarded and, and, and saw what it was like to be there. Even if it's only for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, you did it. And, and no one can take that away from you. Um, That's so right. I want to, uh, That's right. you know, there, you, that, um, yeah, yeah, I think. Yep. You had, uh, so you never thought about going to Europe. What happened there? Well, I was going to go to Europe, but I mean, coming out of my 12 years there, I had some stuff going on and partying and my son was born and this and that. I was sick of, Sick of traveling, as you know, sick of getting on and off buses. And da, That's, da, 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 da. That's the worst it part. Time to, yeah, yeah. It wore, it takes a wear on you, right? It wears you down. And then the last thought, I mean, I would have went into the KHL. I would have had to go over there and still fight in the KHL. Like, you know, I just I just did 12 years of that, fighting Gillies and fucking those, those guys that really don't need to, but you just do because you don't want them to be pushing you around right so you would have had to go over in the khl and do that again i just wasn't up for it so I, I my old body wasn't uh but looking back now if you could have took a two-year break and then play went and played two or three i would have did that but <laughs> yeah on your terms <laughs> everything yeah. on your terms you're going to control the narrative you're going to control the, the everything the situation yep so you let, right. you finished up in uh, Providence. So uh, I'm living in Warwick, Rhode Island now. So uh, what did you think of the area? I, I loved Providence. I lived I lived right out by you. I lived in North Providence. I lived. Uh, yeah, ten minutes away. Yep, yeah, North Providence. You know what? I my the year was I, my little year there was. I didn't have a very good start to the year. I didn't do good at all. But I ended up having a good little year. I ended up squeezing out like almost thirty points. I think after Christmas, really. And felt really good. Could have played another year or so. But like I was just saying, the mental part of it, man, just thinking of um, flying all over Russia, too, for 15 and 16 hours. No thanks, man. So, listen, um, it's 2.45. I know you got to go. Um, I want to thank you for coming back on. Um, yeah, no, buddy. Thanks for having me on. I, how's Jagger like looking up there with the Canadian kids? Jagger's doing good. He... Uh, he was out for his first little skate yesterday, and he actually did re he did well. So he's he's fitting in nice. Well, listen, fitting in nice. You tell him Billy the Kid is uh, waiting to be interviewing him in a couple of years, okay? I will, buddy. All right, I love you, buddy. I give will. your best to my family. Um, to give my best to your family. Okay, pal. I appreciate it. All Have right, a good we'll day, guys. You. I'll talk to you after day. Thanks for coming on, Jason. So listen, big time in Showtime and action. Listen up, everybody. We got Scotty Allen, local guy, uh, one of the most solid human beings and hockey players I ever met. Uh, hockey 
Uh, DB's got him down here as a sentiment. He shoots left. He's born April 6, 1966, out of New Bedford, Massachusetts. Makes him 54 years old. He's 5'10", 185 when he played. Um, how you doing, Scotty? I'm doing outstanding. How about yourself, Billy? Good, good, good. You were coaching last year in um, in Hershey. Um, and uh, uh, that's a long way away from uh, New Bedford. But um, I want to start with your uh, playing career, if we could. In 1985-1986, uh, you went out to the USHL for the Waterloo Blackhawks out of New Bedford? Uh, yeah, actually, the year before that, I went. Uh, I played a year of junior out in Seattle. And then the following year was when I went to uh, the USHL. Um, and as you know, I mean, I know you're a few years younger than me, but, you know, the, I, I never even heard of the USHL. Uh, and hardly anybody from out east was, was doing that, you know, a lot more now, going that way. But back then, there just wasn't many guys that were heading the USHL. Um, it doesn't have your stats. How did you do that year? Uh, it was probably around a point a game. Point a game? Uh, How yeah. many games did they play? I'm going to say in the 50s. Okay, okay. Yeah. And a lot of guys were getting scholarships out of there? A ton of guys were getting scholarships, yeah. Um, yeah, you turned pro that year. How old are you there, 18 turning pro? No, I was uh, – my first year – I played there when I was 19. So. Okay. Um, yeah, so after that, I was actually the following year, so I was 20 when I turned pro. Okay, and you started off with a bang. Um, you had some good numbers right off the rip. You had 38 games and 59 points your second year uh, with 72 PIMS. You, you had uh, in the playoffs, you had 12 points. Uh, you were playing with the Carolina Thunderbirds. That was before they joined the East Coast League. They were the Atlantic, American Atlantic Hockey League. Yeah, right? my, my first three years, it changed names uh, all three years. First year was Atlantic Coast Hockey League. Second year was the All-American League. And then it became the East Coast Hockey League. Okay, and um, I actually did a little research. I knew this to do this. I knew to press on that team. Uh, some local situate guys, Johnny Devereaux, Ricky McCarthy, and now Gary Garland, who was, I think, from West Roxbury, High Park, but he, he's a situate guy now, Connor Garland's father. Um, there were some other legends on that team. Uh, Cuzzy, Cuzzy was Mike Kuzmich was on that team. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about that year? I think you guys won the uh, East Coast League Championship that year. We did. It was it was a crazy year. We went through four, <laughs> we went through four coaches, uh, and actually uh, our last coach was a mass guy also, Brennan Watson. Uh, okay. He was actually referee in chief of the league at the beginning of the year, and by the end of the year, uh, he was not only our coach but he was hoisting the cup as a, a champion coach. Yo, Torchetti was on there, too. I met him at USA Fitness, in, um, which is closed now, but I met him there one day. Um, good guy, good guy. He was a good player, Torchetti? Torch was an excellent player, yeah. And you're right, he's a great guy. Yeah, he was a good guy. He was a lot of fun to talk to. It was nice to meet him. Shout out to uh, Mr. Torchetti, uh, Johnny Torchetti. Um, so listen, we went from um, uh, Carolina to Winston-Salem. Did you, did you make more money the next year? Why'd you leave Carolina? Same. It was the same, uh, same team. Yeah. Same yeah. Team. They just changed names. Same city, the whole nine yards. You got traded the next year then to Erie. I bounced around. I ended up with three teams that next year. Yeah, um, I did that in 03. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If you stick around in the game long enough, it, it, it certainly becomes part of it. Um, sure. but, but my reasons for bouncing around were different than yours. My reason was uh, quite obvious. I just I wasn't very good player. Oh, I don't know about all that. Hey, listen, uh, <laughs> can you take us through the East Coast League journey? You got a lot of teams here, so you, you take us through it. 
Uh, so until like the I time said, you retired in 96 when you started to coach. Up, up until then? Yeah, t- you had 10 years. Tell us about the 10 years. So I bounced around. Like I said, that next year was kind of a disaster. I bounced around. I ended up uh, on a championship team, though, again the following year. Wow. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't play any playoff games. I was in Greensboro where I finished off. Um, the year after that, uh, who are the Cincinnati, coaches there? Who are the coaches on both of these teams now? You, you, t- you uh, Ron, to Ron, four guys. Ron Hansis, Ron Hansis, well, I, that year I started off with Chris McSorley in Winston-Salem. Went to Ron Hansis up in Erie. And then ended up with Jeff Brubaker in Greensboro. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the following year. Shout uh, out to Chris McSorley. I, I've, I, I know Chris McSorley, and I've, I've spoken with him uh, on the phone before about playing for him uh, back in the day. So shout out. I think he's Marty McSorley's brother, no? He absolutely is. Yeah, and shout yeah. out to Marty McSorley. He's one of, the biggest, one of the best guys I met in hockey. So Good sorry stuff. about that, Scotty. Not a problem. Uh, then the next year, uh, was expansion year for the East Coast League. I went to an expansion team in Cincinnati. Dennis Rogier uh, was the coach of that team. We got off to a tough start, um, as did I. And uh, Tough to I go to an expansion team um, when you're a uh, – I went to Huntington to try out, and um, I think the guy's name was um, – Paul something or other. I know it was Paul something or other. Like, damn, I forget what it is. But I think he was a Michigan guy. And they kept Ron Magic over me. I was bullshit. Magic <laughs> anyway, man. Sorry. Yeah, shout yeah, out yeah, to yeah. Magic yeah. Man. Yeah, shout out to Ronnie Magic. He got on the fucking bus with a 12-pack. I'm like, oh, they know. I'm definitely keeping me over this guy. <laughs> hey, oh, my, fir- my first few years playing in that league, back in the Atlantic Coast League, we had guys that were smoking dots between periods uh, – you know, getting ready for the next period to start the whole nine yards. So it, it, I've smoked darts between periods before. <laughs> I was one of them guys. Yeah. There were a few years there where I was pretty stressed out and fucking playing some shitty hockey. Was that oh, with the man. Cape Cod Bluefins or was that? No, was I, would, I, would, I would smoke weed on the way to those games. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would never get high or drunk for hockey. I, was, I never even did it the night before, to be honest. I took my job very seriously, as did you, which is why you became an NHL coach. Tell us about it. How'd you do that? Uh, you know what? I just got done playing my 10th season uh, in the minors. I, fin- I finished off down the uh, Central Hockey League, Fort Worth, Texas. Okay, tell us about that last stop. Like, what, how did you end it? Um, how did you say, you know, all right, this is enough? You know what? I, I, actually, I actually was going to continue to keep playing. I didn't think I was going to stop. Um, hockey was starting to boom down in Texas. Uh, they, they hardly had any ice rinks but they had a lot of roller hockey going on i had different opportunities to stay there in the off season and be a teaching pro uh, i had roller uh, hockey companies coming to me that they you know wanted to mission out to me head to toe it was, yeah uh, yeah, all, yeah companies like mission and all that sure. and uh so my wife and i decided we were going to stay down there and uh it was actually opening day uh in the baseball season and myself and a couple of guys from the team we were heading out the, the Red Sox were actually down in Texas playing the Rangers. <laughs> and the Rocket, the Rocket was opening up that day. And so we were heading out. That's the balls. Just as I was getting ready to leave, the phone rang. Uh, it was a guy by the name of Toby O'Brien. Um, I know Toby. At, Shout out to Toby O'Brien. 
shout out to Toby. Hadn't talked to him in, in probably seven or eight years. Um, I didn't even know uh, what he was doing at the time. He had been newly named the general manager of the Johnstown Chiefs, mm -hmm. your old stomping ground. Um, and uh, after a few conversations with him and Nick Fatio, uh, they offered me an opportunity to go there as an assistant coach. With and uh, With Nicky. Okay. Yeah. What year is this now? This is uh, first year after playing, so uh, 96, 97, I believe. So the, the year before I was there? Nope, right after you were there, actually. So, the, you know, th that's what I mean. The, I was there the year before, yeah. I should have said, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my initial reaction was uh, I, turned, I actually turned the job down initially. And right. uh, it, why did I turn it down? Yeah. I, I didn't think I was ready to stop playing, you know. Okay. My last How old season, were you at this point now? You had a 10-year career. Right, ten years. Right, yeah. Eighty-five so, to ninety, uh, eighty-six to ninety-six. Sorry. Yeah. I was twenty-six, eighty-seven, ninety-six, ninety-seven. I was twenty-nine, uh, about to be thirty, I believe. Um, you know, because like I said, I turned pro when I was uh, twenty, and played the next ten years. So I was twenty-nine, turning thirty, and uh, like I said, turned it down initially, and then. Uh, Toby, Toby gave me an earful, told me I was making a huge mistake, jumped all over me. Um, He's not that guy, though. <laughs> why, did, why was he, he – he didn't seem didn't, – when I met him, I, he didn't seem like a confrontational type of guy. Well, it wasn't in a confrontational type of way. Like, he was just uh, – you know, he, he, he got on me initially. Then he painted this unbelievable picture of Johnstown – Pennsylvania. Uh, and, and a funny thing is, like, I had been there. You know, the first championship I won in the East Coast Hockey League um, was against the Johnstown Chiefs, a seven-game series. Uh, game Do you remember seven. anyone on that team it, it, for Johnstown? Uh, the team that we beat? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Scott Gordon was the goalie. That DC year. guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, boy, you know what? It would, it would, I'd have to get my memory refreshed a little bit, but. Do you remember the owner, do you remember the owner in Johnstown, what his name was? I believe Edwards. it was Mr. Edwards. <laughs> Jim no, Edwards? Mr. Edwards, yeah, he was the president of the team. He wasn't actually the president of the team um, then when we beat him, but he was the president when they hired me to go there. Yeah, as, as I thought he was the yeah. owner. I'm pretty sure well, he's the owner. He represented the owners. The okay. owners were, were uh, husband and wife, uh, Dick and Connie Mayer, okay. who also owned uh, WJAC. Yeah, yeah he was know? the CEO for that company, I thought. Exactly, exactly. So he ran that company and the Johnstown Chiefs. Yeah, he ran, he ran pretty much the everything. Local, the yeah. yeah, the local yeah. news was... Yeah, the, he owned, they owned the newspaper at one point, the Tribune. Democrat. How did they sell it to you? How did Toby sell it to you? What did he, what did he, what did he, what did he picture? He painted this picture of this like Norman Rock, Rockwell town. hundred percent is exactly how he, he tried to paint it. He, he told me about, you know, how when, when we drove in there, we'd see guys out fly fishing uh, in the rivers and, and uh, just, you know, how beautiful the scenery was and the, uh, just everything from, from head to toe. And I, I told him when I left there after six years, I said, the funny thing, Toby, I never saw a single guy fish the whole time I was here. <laughs> what fly fishing anyway? Maybe fishing for pussy. <laughs> At the gingerbread house or the gingerbread the gingerbread man or whatever. Man. Yeah, in the Haven. The Haven. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the Haven, they, you're a hockey player. You walk in, they give you a fucking poker chips. <laughs> so they're giving you fucking money when you walk in. I'm like, oh my God, the poker chips, you give them for a beer. 
Oh, it's beautiful. Ah, they give me fucking... And then people would give me their poker chips. And I'd be like, <laughs> this is nuts. I'm drinking 12 beers for free. Anyways, it was... I liked... I lived right up the street from the Haven, too. Shout out to the people at the Haven and uh, the gingerbread man. Um, uh, I think it was the gingerbread man or whatever it was. That was the club. There was two... Yeah. Yeah, that was anyway, the other Yeah, yeah. It was a good time. I saw the Harlem Globetrotters there. Um... You know, I was lucky enough, lucky enough to live with uh, Jason Weinrich, Greg Burke, uh, two local guys, uh, kid from Minnesota, Nick Jones, uh, Donnie Parsons, another local kid. Um, you know, all guys. You know, you know the you know the drill. Yeah. But, um, yep. You know, and Nikki was my coach. And um, listen, um, I also want to talk about the day that you visited me in prison. That was pretty amazing. You just showed up out of nowhere. I didn't know you. You introduced yourself. You said, you know, I'm here to support you. And um, and when you get out, look me up, and 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 I'll find you a job if I if if I can. And and um, I was um, I don't want to get. Uh, I just got goosebumps. I don't want to get emotional. I cry easy. But like, uh, I just want to. Can you tell me about that day? I mean, I. What what made you do that? You know what? I was I was going home uh, to New Bedford uh, for a visit. I probably was in town for a week. Um, I knew you'd been in for a couple of years at that point. I, I believe uh, you were coming up on a parole hearing at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what, uh, I, I just, well, I believe in people getting second chances in life and in this world. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny, Billy, because you and I sat there and, and I actually, you probably don't remember this, but I said to you, what are you going to do when you get out of here? And you told me, you looked me straight in the eyes. You said, I'm going to play in the NHL. And I actually chuckled. I said, well, you know, that's, that's great, but I don't think anybody is going to give you a national hockey league contract, uh, stepping right out of, uh, prison, um, I was 100% wrong on that because um, you, you, you got your opportunity. Hey, I told Connor, hey, I told Connor Garland, don't go to the queue. I said, don't go to the queue. <laughs> I said, you know, I said, the, the horror stories from kids going up to the queue and the O and the Dob are like endless. Like the success is like here and the horror stories is like here. So um, I don't blame you for chuckling at me. Everybody did. It's amazing uh, what happened. But, you know, you know, the best part of the story, you probably don't know this either. Um, when I showed up unannounced, you didn't know I was coming. Uh, the correction officers, when I went to sign in, you know, uh, they asked me what I was doing. I, I explained to them who I was, what I was there for. So the, all the people, all the other visitors that I went in with, um, they were all visiting with their, you know, the inmates that they had come to see. I waited forever for you. And the uh, correction officer started chuckling. They said, he doesn't know who you are. He goes, he thinks there's a girl coming to see him. <laughs> so you, you came walking. They said, he must be getting all dolled up is what they told me. So sure enough, you came in. You had your white T-shirt all pressed. Your hair was all in perfectly position. And you were just looking around that room to see who the hell is here. And you, un unfortunately, I'm sure you were disappointed initially because expecting <laughs> one of your female visitors no and seeing me. Oh, man. Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You're pretty uh, crazy, though. <laughs> I know that uh, when I sat down, I was like, kind of like, who are you? <laughs> and you, when you said you were with uh, an assistant with uh, Nikki and whatever, and you're from New Bedford, it made all sense right there. And then I was just like, wow, this guy's just like a, a great guy, just a fucking great guy. You know, and um, you um, – 
this is where I'm getting emotional a little bit. But uh, like uh, it's guys like you and Jason McDonald and Darcy Bro and Nikki Fitzio, um that really uh, kept me kept me um, staying positive over the years. I believed in my fellow man still to this day, and I do still to this day. I don't know how still to this day I believe in my fellow man, but only because of guys like you, Scotty. Listen, I want to get into your uh, your coaching career. You 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 you're 96, 97. You're an assistant. Here it is, 97, 98. I don't give a fuck if it's the East Coast League, but you got your own fucking hockey team. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> fucking what, what are we doing here? What are like one-to-one breakdowns, or what are we doing? Well, you know, yeah, you know what? It's one of those situations, Billy. Did you run the one-two-one? That's my favorite, the one-two-one four-check. Uh, one-two-two. One-two-two, one, two, two, sorry. Two. Yeah, yeah, 100% we did. Yeah, uh, and we sometimes we run it tight, sometimes we run it wide, depending on who we're playing and how they try to break out against us. Please explain that for the for the for, uh, and for me too. So if it's a one-two-two tight, uh, that means like usually they're either trying to come up the strong side, which is which puck is what side, puck side, with, with the side that the puck gets dumped in on, or they're trying to come up the middle. So if your F one is pursuing the puck, he's hard on that uh, defenseman. Your F two is coming down that strong side slash puck side wall. And your F3, instead of having them coming from the weak side wall, you'd have them stop more to the middle because a team that tries to break out coming up puck side or to the middle, now your F3 is right on the top of that middle support and he's able to snuff any uh, potential so he's, he's he's right around the red line. He's, he's almost even with the net. Uh, when he when he comes in, you know what I mean, coming down the middle. So you're oh is, okay okay yeah. okay. So he's cutting ice in half. Exactly. He's cutting the ice in half, as opposed to if you go in one too wide, which, you know, if a team's trying to utilize that weak side uh, away from the, the puck, um, then he would start anywhere between the, the weak side face-off dot and, and the wall, depending on... What would know, be the difference, if you had a lead or not? No, the, uh, the biggest difference would, would be probably who you're playing, okay. um, how... Ah, how yeah. Yeah, Stupid how question. you're able to Stupid get. Stupid question. Stupid question. Sorry. Nah. Sorry. So, um, listen, you got your own team. Now you're recruiting, too. So, tell us about that. You know what? Uh, recruiting is, is a lot of work, as you know. Uh, you, you spend a lot of time on the phone in the offseason. Um, you know, being in Johnstown, which, you know, you and I both love Johnstown. I got lifelong friends who sure. are in Johnstown. Sure. Both my, my daughters were born there. Doesn't mean you um, want to stay there forever. Well, the tough thing was, Billy, at the time, we were recruiting against, uh, you know, teams that were down in South Carolina and Florida. Uh, Louisiana at the time was getting 10000 a game. Um, those Scotty, teams do you had... know I started in Birmingham because I was like, all right, where is, like, the good places? And, and this is back when you would call 411. And, and, and I got Phil Roberto on the phone. I got down there for a tryout. Um, I believe uh, Timmy Westgate from Plymouth uh, and um, – uh, Lots of other guys tried out. Uh, Tommy O'Connor from Northeast, and um, those guys both didn't make it. I made it. Uh, Johnny, um, oh, the BC kid. He he's got a. Uh, he was uh, Robbie Donovan and Johnny um, Johnny Joyce were down there with me. And I didn't play the first half of the season. The reason I wound up in Johnstown the next year, I got smart. I said, "Fuck this. I don't care where it is. I need ice." Like, yeah. and I thought I was better than those guys. I didn't get to play. I was 20 years old. They got to play. They're coming out of D1 college. I understand Phil Roberto's decision. 
he let me make the team and kept me for a half a season. But the smartest thing I did, though, the two best things in my hockey career was going to Johnstown and getting cut from the varsity team as a sophomore at BC High because I played under Tommy Benson and I played power play and I got a lot of the ice. And, you know, you're playing against kids from Zaverian, Malden Catholic, all big, strong kids, JV team, but they're big, strong kids. And that's what I needed to work on was playing against, you know, uh, stronger guys. I was a little guy, so, you know. But uh, everything works out for a reason like that. Um, that's how I ended up there. You ended up there coaching, but you, you wound up in the NHL. How did you start from Johnstown head coach and, and make all these – and everybody loves you. Everybody I talk to has got nothing but beautiful things to say about you, which is the best part about all this. All the people I've been interviewing are all top-notch, top-notch guys. Um, you were in Johnstown for six years. You went to San Antonio. You're a head coach in the San Antonio Rampage now, all right? This isn't now, – now you're not recruiting anymore. You're coaching. Tell us about that. Well, interestingly – uh, one of the guys you mentioned earlier, John Torchetti, uh, he was actually the GM and the head coach of San Antonio, uh, San Antonio's inaugural year in the American Hockey League, which was uh, the affiliate of the uh, Florida Panthers, where Rick Dudley was the GM. Uh, up until that point, my, six, my first six years coaching in, in the East Coast League in Johnstown, I'd never tried to move up, never tried to move on without How come? It You know what? I had a good situation there. What were you um, making as the coach? Sorry. Uh, I, well, when I first went there, I was making $18,500 uh, and I was married. So, uh, you know, it was, it was a stretch to yeah, try but to. But this is back in 95. That's not that bad, right? Yeah. You know what? It's still, 96. It's still, it's still, it still was tight. Money was tight for sure. Sure. Always um, is. By the, the time more you I make, left... the more you spend. Sorry, bro. <laughs> By the time I left there, I think I was making, I had a $40,000 uh, salary, uh, but then I had some bonuses um, that uh, were, you know, Toby O'Brien did a tremendous job along with Mr. Edwards putting these bonuses together um, that allowed me, I was probably, I walked out, I was probably making about 60000 a year my last couple of years in the ECHL. You didn't do bad as a coach, but it's tough to win in Johnstown because it's tough to get the guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you games here. Okay, uh, as a head coach, your first year you were 17 and 21, uh, growing pains. Next year, 27 and 34. Next year, now you're starting to turn around. You got a winning record at 33 and 28. And then you go the next year, you start with the losing record again, 29 and 36. And then you get your best years at uh, 39 and 31. And... Um, you know, you had a 556 winning percentage. It's pretty damn good. Tell us about those growing pains with those bad teams. Well, the biggest, the biggest thing, Billy, was, you know, at that point, Johnstown was in a tough spot. Players didn't want to go there. Agents didn't want to send guys there. Uh, it, was, it was the end of the line for a sure. majority yeah. of players. We had to change that perception. We had to turn things around. We had to move guys upward and onward. So um, my whole recruiting was about telling guys, listen, I don't care if we got 12 guys, you know, if the Hershey Bears come calling for Billy Tibbetts, we're going to play with 11 because we're not going to hold anybody back. We're going to promote our players. We're actually going to get on the phone, make calls for them, which was unheard of back then. No, nobody did that. Uh, most most really? teams, uh, teams down south, they, they would hold guys back all the time. Sure, sure, sure. You know, because they wanted to win. And, and, they, and coaches figured their only ticket out of there was to win. Well, 
the tough thing for me was it was my word that I was putting out on the streets. What so were I your best players that you had through those six years in the coast there? I'm curious. Well, we, we had guys uh, that went You have any Billy the Kids? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, we, we had Jody Shelley. Jody oh, Shelley fucking, one of the toughest guys. Shout out to Jody Shelley. He used to kick the shit out of Steve Parsons every fight. I used to love it. <laughs> uh, you know, we had guys like David Gove. Uh, Great kid, R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. is right, buddy. Um, Eric Schneider. Um, we, we had guys, you know, who, who uh, you know what, were able to utilize the Johnstown Chiefs as a stepping stone and move, move upward and onward in there. Was Dana uh, the trainer there, the equipment Absolutely guy? Absolutely was. My first yeah. four years, Dana was there. And then, and then the Detroit Vipers came calling. Dana Hines, yeah. shout out to yeah. you. The best. He's, un he's unreal. Uh, and I've been very fortunate. I've had so many great equipment uh, managers through the years. You year. want to shout a couple of them out, please? Oh, my God. The list goes on and on. Mick Mitteroff followed him up. Um, you know what? I don't want to. Yeah, I, you don't want to want to slight anyone. Sorry, exactly, fucking stupid question. Exactly. Every Listen. guy I've had has been, you know, <laughs> tremendous. Dana's got. Yeah, because everyone him. loves you. It's like Mario. Everyone loves the guy. It's easy to like him. Yeah, it's uh, far from Mario, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're the best. So listen, take us through your journey in San Antonio there for five years. Yeah, so uh, like I said, between uh, John Torchetti and Rick, Rick Dudley, they offered me the opportunity to go there. Uh, now, here's where it's funny because you asked about the money. I actually took a pay cut to go. Um, I signed my first National Hockey League contract because from there on out, you know, you're on an NHL contract when you're coaching in the American League uh, for an affiliated uh, organization and like I said unfortunately uh, I took a pay cut felt I could at that time I uh, had a young family I had two girls but they were young so same thing I mean my wife and I we didn't need a ton of money we just needed enough to pay the bills put a roof over our head put some food on the and table. And you're living your dream Scotty let's be honest you know I'm local kid uh, hockey guy loving the sport wanting to stay in it and now here you are you're you know you're one sniff away you're just a cup of coffee away. Yeah, trust me when I tell you, I, I, I consider myself so fortunate in this business um, to be able to have done what I've done. Well, you I earned just... it, 100%. Some people I fucking, I, I don't have time for because they fucking got to give in to them. And, and, and I, don't, I shouldn't hold that against them. But, um, you know, you were the guy driving to prisons, driving, making the calls, getting you guys called up, sacrificing W's to get guys called up. Uh, Nicky Fitio was a, probably a good coach uh, to learn from because that's what he did. Um, I got a funny Nicky story. I was trying to get called up all year, right? <laughs> and he comes in the room tonight. We had a bit, I scored the game winner, whatever we come in, you know, I'm feeling all good about myself. He's like, all right, quiet. He would talk at the end and then he let us whatever. So he goes, yeah, Tibbs, you know who was asking for you tonight in front of the whole team? And the, you could hear a pin drop because the other guys thought it was real. <laughs> Because they could tell I was the best. And they were like, uh, and he goes, nobody. And it's a fucking New York accent. The whole place erupted. Dude started, like, throwing their fucking, like, underwear in the It was fucking nuts, dude. They, that's how much my team kind of liked me at that point. Because I was like, Nick is, like, kid. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> and he just tortured me all year. But when they're torturing you on a hockey team, that means they love you. When they start fucking with you, <laughs> that's a bad place to be. Anyways, listen, tell us about your first time 
stepping on an NHL bench. That must have been fucking sick with the that Islanders, was, New York. It was unbelievable. Ah. And we opened up against uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. So we opened up against Sidney Crosby. Oh, we kicked your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Penguins. Uh, I fucking can't stand the Islanders. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was an amazing experience in the, in the Coliseum. Uh, which to this day is, is still one of my favorite buildings when it's filled. I mean, obviously it's outdated. It uh, doesn't have the amenities. But I got a great building- story there. I got to cut you off real quick. Ron Tugnut, right? He's a fucking yeah. backup goalie, right? So they, they don't have rooms on the Islanders' benches, all right? Excuse me, I had to burp. Anyways, Tugnut's sitting over by the door while you go on, right? <clears throat> He's getting the eyes from this broad. Whatever. He takes her in the locker room. He starts fucking her, right? They start getting shelled, right? He's hammering away on this broad in the locker room. He's got all full gear, full goalie gear, right? No bucket, but, you know, goalie mask probably should have had one on. It would have been funnier. Anyways, he's tagging some broad from behind, right? They come in, they're like, Tugs, let's go. You're in, you're in. (laughs) Come on. True story. <laughs> they, they were like, where the fuck is he? They had to send the trainer to run down the boards, like holding on to the boards with those spiky shoes, to go get him. He's in the hammer time and some fucking fan. Oh, yeah. That Anyways, that's my fucking – that's my uh, Long Island story at that that's, building. That is and I passed story. Mike Milbury, and I wanted to say hi to him, and he dissed me. <laughs> 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 oh, that's beautiful. All right, so the island is your assistant. Is uh, who's the head coach? Jack Capuano. Uh, you know, I, I worked for Jack Capuano, but Scott Sterling, Gordon, Scott, Scott Gordon, Gordon was the guy who brought me there. Sterling yeah. was there too, right? That was the he was there before I was there. Sorry. Yeah, it was myself uh, and Dean Chanel. Oh, uh, with two on great bench. defense. Yeah, good defenseman. For, played for the Bruins. I liked this game. Yeah, hot nose game. Kid named Ryan Wood was our video guy. He's a, another Massachusetts guy. Um, we had a great staff. Uh, you know what? We were in a rebuild. You know, it, it's, it's amazing, Billy. DP, was DPH there when, when you were there? He, he was, and that was when he was in those tough times because he had had surgeries on his hips, his knees. What a great uh, kid, though. He really yeah, battled, you know, too. And I no like one should really- hold against that contract him. You know what I mean? He, you got to go for the I – mean, I mean, that kid was – I met him personally. He was one of the most likable. Uh, uh, I went out with him one night. We hung out in Boston. He's like, come in my limo. Blah, 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 blah. The kid was the nicest kid, don't you think? Hey, you know what? All my experiences with, with uh, Ricky were certainly positive. Yeah, I like Ricky. I like him a lot. Tell yeah. us about those three years. Anything, you know. You know what? It was, uh, it, w- it was also uh, Johnny Tavares' first three years in the National Hockey League. So it was enjoyable. Uh, having the opportunity with, to be able to work with, with guys like him. Uh, Josh what would you Bailey. do to work with young guys like that? What would you do? You know what? It was different for each guy. It depends what their needs Great were. Great answer. Um, Great answer, Scotty. What an interview. Thank you. Keep you know what? John, Johnny was such a hockey junkie. Uh, you know, after his first year, he came back and he grabbed me. First thing he said was, he said, Scotty, the biggest thing I want you to work with me on is uh, – Face-offs this year because, he, he, you know, he wasn't very good. I mean, he was a kid, his first in the league. It's tough. You're going against men now. So he wanted to, his, he wanted to narrow in on face-offs, and he wanted to dial in on penalty kill. Intangibles. But, uh, intangibles. intangibles. And, and it tells you everything you need to know about Giants of Oz. Here's these, you know, a, a young superstar in the making. He wants to kill penalties. Well, 
the team, uh, the front office, wouldn't allow this guy to kill penalties uh, in fear that he was going to, you know, get hurt blocking the shot. I mean, you know, that's – Now, who's believe... making that call? Uh, I believe that was probably Goth Snow that made uh, the decision. He was um, a fucking terrible GM. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. He was. I thought he was a terrible goalie, too. But whatever. Anyways, listen, moving on. We're at there for three years. Uh, yeah. The teams weren't winning. Um, no. If the teams aren't winning after three years and you're an assistant coach, what are they changing assistants? I mean, is it the uh, head coach? What was the problem with that team? Yeah, essentially. Besides lack of talent and trading fucking Chara for Yashin and this and that. And Mike Milbury, another fucking terrible trade. I think Mike Milbury's a good analyst. I used to give him a hard time when he was analyzing shit at first. Um, I guess he's got a kid, Jake Mulberry. I thought your dad was a good hockey player, too, and a, and a, and a terrible GM. Uh, and a great hockey coach, though. All right, Mike Mulberry should have stayed coaching. Anyways, what are we talking about? What happened with the Islanders team? You're way past that. You're talking to me now. What happened with those Islanders? How come the Islanders can't fucking win? And why did it take getting Barry Trotz and Lulia Marilla? Why couldn't someone else turn around that team? Because they didn't, they didn't stick to a plan. Like, the plan back then was we were a young team. We had guys like Kyle Ocposo and Josh Bailey. Um, you, I you like know, those Tra two guys. Travis, Josh Bailey's Travis still Hamnick there. on the back end. Uh, you know, all these young guys that we were, we were going to build around. What happened to Kyle Ocposo? Is he done? He ended up leaving there. Uh, on a, uh, he was an unrestricted free agent. So he's in Buffalo right now. Uh, same thing. Matt Martin was there. Matt Martin initially yeah. left to go to Toronto. So those are two glue guys that you want on your team that, are, that are, have left there. Who there else? plenty of glue guys. Uh, Franz, Franz Nielsen was there. Um, you know, these, these, you know, we had a solid group of young players that the plan was to build around. And as time went on, you know what? Slowly but surely, the only two guys that are left are Josh Bailey and Matt Martin. And Matt Martin had left and he came back. Uh, when Lou Lamarillo got the GM job there, he traded back for him from Toronto. So this goes to show you everything you know. You know, a guy like Mr. Lamarillo would believe in a guy like Matt Martin. To, Matt Martin's his skating has gone from fucking a six to a nine, though. He skates very well now. He's obviously like a Brian Boyle. Brian Boyle, right off the rip, was not going to be an NHL player, but he fucking buckled down. He got this lady skating coach, and um, he used to drive me to a skate in the summers at Bavis, and <laughs> I did a drill with him, and I was like, I can't keep up with this kid. He's fucking flying. <laughs> and the year before, he was Snowshoes McGee. Anyways, so you leave the island as you go to the Peoria River, River men. Sorry, I'm yeah. Who's the guy there that gets you? He's a local guy, right? He gives a uh, lot of guys. The St. Louis guy. Kevin, uh, Kevin McDonald. Kevin, okay, so tell us about this thing. Well, what happened was uh, Dave Allison became the new coach of Peoria. Uh, Dave Allison. They were uh, St. Louis, the St. Louis Blues owned. Is he a local guy, the owner, or the GM? The GM. The GM uh, is Kevin McDonald. He's a, he's a Massachusetts guy. The is guy who's the GM now? Uh, the GM of where? The, Peor the, the GM of the um, St. Louis Blues has been to who, who well, controls Peoria. Doug Armstrong's. Doug Armstrong, isn't he a mass guy? No, no. Um, he's a good dude, though. Yeah, I, I yeah, know people like him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I worked for that organization for two years. I had a two-year contract. Doesn't seem like you like him. <laughs> no, I, I, I did like him. Uh, 
you know, I, I enjoyed working for him. Um, my contract was up. Uh, I had an opportunity to join, rejoin with the Florida Panthers and go back down to San Antonio uh, with another local guy, Tom Rowe. Well, you, uh, went to the, the, you went to the Wolves the next year. Yeah, because what happened was the St. Louis Blues sold their franchise. They sold their franchise to Vancouver. Vancouver took the franchise, moved it to Utica, New York, and then the St. Louis Blues were on the hook because they had you know, no, no place to put their players, so they worked out a deal with the Chicago Wolves. Um, so I, I went to Chicago, which is another one of your former stopping grounds. Uh, so we're both Wolf, Wolf alumni. I fucking love that organization. I do too. Yeah. I'm Mike I the it. Hat. Mike Mike uh Mike the Mike, Hat. All right, Pete. Mike Nardella. He was uh my so I my best friend for the fans out there, you know, was Mike Nardella, I who I spent most of my time with there. And he was like yeah. a seventy five year old guy. And he was my best friend. Uh mob stuff from Chicago, old school guy. I'm a mobster. We were hung out together. We're fucking what do mobsters do? They hang out. Anyways, we're going from Peoria. <laughs> it's a show. Um, which is you're doing an awesome job on this interview. I hope I'm doing good. Anyways, we're doing we're doing uh we're doing San Antonio. We're back in San Antonio. Back in San Antonio. Uh was actually excited about heading back there uh, as a family. Like we 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 kept because you know house. people. Well, we know people, we loved it down there. Um, you kept the house the whole time? At this time, at this point, now my girls were at the age where uh, they were getting, they were in high school. So I want, I didn't want to move my oldest anymore. I wanted her to be able to stay in one spot for a few years. So Is they, she a good they, student? Yeah, she was a good student. Uh, she, she also played. Uh, what are your girls into? You got all girls, right? Yeah. Yeah, what uh, do they like to do? She played soccer all the way growing up um, until she went to college. She ended up going How to old are your girls now, Scotty? Uh, 23 and 19. Okay. Talk about them a little bit. Yeah. I've, I've been very fortunate. They're great kids. Uh, I owe that to my wife probably because she's done a tremendous job. Um, my oldest graduated from the university of Iowa. Uh, she's actually now living up in, uh, Minneapolis area. Uh, she's working up there. My youngest, uh, just started her sophomore year at the university of Northern Iowa. Um, both great, great kids, uh, both. What are their names? Uh, Mackenzie is my oldest and Cameron is my youngest. Shout out to Mackenzie and Cameron. Your dad's the best. (laughs) Listen, let's start to wrap it up with the, uh, the next stint. You you made it back to the show. So how'd you make it back to the show after your first stint? So, you know, and how hard, how hard do you really work as a coach? Um, well, it's, different, it's different type of work. You know what? My dad worked hard. My dad was a union laborer, uh, construction worker for over 30 years. Um, that, that to me was hard work. And I used to see him come home in the summertime and he would seize up and couldn't get out of the car, uh, all cramped up uh, because he lost so much fluids, you know, working in Boston and, 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 and down the Cape in the summertime. Um, that was hard work. Uh, I pride myself on I'm my getting fucking, I just got the worst goosebumps, dude, head to toe. Because my dad, I used to go, my dad used to take me to work with the work construction. And uh, when we didn't have a babysitter or whatever. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Like, the, you know, shout out to both our dads. Uh, I know your dad passed away recently. 
uh, certainly sorry to hear that, but you know what? They mold us into the people that we become. Uh, parents do, and both my parents were hardworking people. Um, I pride myself on my work ethic in this business. That's uh, why I brought it up. I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying you're the hardest working guy in hockey, kid. Well, I appreciate that. It's a, it's a different. No, it's a truth. It's a truth. I've talked to the coaches you work with. You're, you're, you're scheming. You're scheming. You want to win. Well, I just want to make sure I'm doing things the right way. I want to make sure I'm dotting the I's and crossing the T's, buddy. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and I talked to you one time outside uh, the locker room in Omaha. I said to myself, I was like, this guy's my friend. I mean, like, you know, I'm playing against him tonight. I scored that game. Anyways, <laughs> let's no jump worries. right back into it. I had uh, to blow my nose, shit like that. Anyways, we looked uh, – we left the island as we were in Peoria. We talked about Chicago a little bit, how we liked it there and the good people. Yeah. Back in San Antonio, tell us about Portland Pirates so we don't skip anything. Yeah, Portland Pirates. in and then ahead. Yeah, what happened was, uh, again, another organization decided to move their affiliate. So Florida moved us from San Antonio up to Portland. Um, initially, I wasn't overly thrilled about it because, you know, San Antonio. San Antonio's is, done. San Antonio's, now they're done. They are done. Yeah, no, no more it's been hockey. done since that year? No, no. They, they still had a team for uh, three more years after that. Four more okay. years, actually. Okay. Yeah. But now they are done. They never this drew anything down there when I was there. You know what? They actually turned that around where the, uh, the, the Spurs took over everything, and, and they did a great job promoting really? it. And, yeah, yeah. So they actually had a good fan base down there. It's too bad that they don't have a team anymore. But, um, again, on to uh, Portland. Um, was there uh, halfway through the crazy thing happened halfway through the season where uh, Tom Rowe, who I'd been working with for a year and a yeah. half. Local uh, guy, right? Local guy, Lynn, Lynn Mass. Lynn Mass, Lynn, yep. Lynn, Good guy. Yep. Shout out to Tom Rowe. Absolutely. Very well liked. Um, so Tom uh, had an opportunity to go to Florida. Uh, to, to be the GM, right? To be the GM, Yeah. And so uh, that was, I believe, uh, New Year's Eve. And, and so I took over. <laughs> I, took over I took over for the rest of the year. Um, uh, you know, we had a decent run. Uh, unfortunately, Any lost. Any good players? Um, yeah, we had, you, you know what? Washington, Mike, right? Uh, no, Washington we were, is Portland, right? No, we were, we were Florida. Oh, okay. We were Florida back then. Um, <clears throat> probably like the... In my opinion, the guy who was our MVP, and he's been an MVP on a few teams that I was with, was Mike McKenna, our goalie. Okay, uh, I know him. But uh, Mike McKenna. And Robbie Shrimp, Cameron Gaunt. He was good. Um, Robbie Shrimp got some good hands on him. Rocco Grimaldi. Another good uh, player. Another local kid, Connor Brickley, was on that team. Okay. Um, Andy yeah. Brickley was terrible, but whatever. <laughs> He's a uh, fucking so, loser, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, uh, finished off the season there. So, now, uh, you know, it's the off season. Gerard Gallant had actually talked to me the previous season about potentially going to Florida. With great him guy, after. right? Great guy. Great okay. guy. Yeah, Gerard um, Gallant, um, he's from out, uh, out east, northeast. Yeah. He's a uh, Nova Scotia guy, I believe. <laughs> he, uh, Maritime. Yep, yep, Maritime. So... Uh, during the off season, they had talked to me, uh, you know, kind of got my thoughts and opinions on what, whether I wanted to stay as a head coach in the American League or go to the National Hockey League as an assistant again. Uh, and then they kind of took it out of my hands and just said, hey, we want you to come to Florida. So that's what I did. 
Good for you. Um, That's fucking and, awesome. Uh, was that the best guy you worked on at Galano? Who was? You know what? Everybody I've, I haven't worked under a bad guy. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you know, all the guys, uh, I'm very respectful from everybody uh, that I've worked for, worked with, and, and the opportunities they gave me to, uh, to work for them and with them. Well, you uh, know what I noticed about you is you, you, uh, you um, for a street kid, for a kid, for a kid, for a tough kid, for a hockey kid, for a mass guy, a mass hole like myself, uh, <laughs> you really are, uh, got a ton of class. Well, um, well, I, I thank you. I, I appreciate that, buddy. Yeah, yeah I always um, noticed that about you. So, anyway, it was a, a, a you know, crazy situation through that year when Gerard got let go, uh, which was unbelievable. Yeah, that was fucking stupid. <laughs> I was yeah. a huge fan of this guy's. Yeah, and they, was, they were going places. Yeah. Oh man. Ownership. What happened uh, there, though? What happened there? Because I know people around, in and around the, in and around. Yeah. So there's what happened? Of, there's, there's lots of different stories. I think. Are they, um, was it the analytics bullshit? Uh you know what? I don't know to what extent. Yeah. The they wanted to go analytics for a year. They, they How were, the fuck do you do that in hockey? It's a yeah. chess match. <laughs> they were big on analytics, and I think they, they were right. They were. The owner stepped in, decided he wanted to make a coaching change, and uh, you know, and that's and that's what they did. And and essentially, it was the beginning of the end for all of us down there because by the end of the season, uh, Tom Merle was, was relieved of his, of his GM duties and replaced by Dale Talon, who was there initially when I went there. Um, so I was only there for one year. Uh, did you know to- with a name like Dale Talon that he was French? Uh, I didn't know that initially. Was that a shock when you first heard him talk? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, he he can he can pull off. I mean, he's he's he can pull he's off the, jo- the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're in Florida now. We, yeah. we things go awry with uh, Galan. And then the next year we're in Arizona, so we're we're still in the show. So thank fucking yeah. God, right? Making that show money. Yeah, I had two more years uh, in Arizona, um, which were – I thought they were good years. Um, Your team was any good? No. You know what? The, the 2017 second, Coyotes, are they any the, good? The second year, we missed the playoffs by only a few points, I believe. And we went through a ton of injuries. Uh, Who were your you best know, players on that team? Uh, goalie Shane Doan? For, no, Shane Doan. Shane Doan was done playing uh, okay. by the time I got there. He, the year before I got there was his last year. Okay. Um, you know, we had all of the Ekman Lassen defensemen, uh, Derek Stepan, Clayton Keller, um, you know, guys like we had. Was Connor Gallen there yet? He wasn't there yet. He, well, my, uh, he, he made his way there my second year. Was that uh, crazy coaching an old teammate's co- uh, kid? You know what? It was it was awesome. It was how Isn't it was. he the best you know? kid too? Because Gary Gary Gallen was not only a former teammate, we actually lived together. We were Oh in a house or apartment or what? <laughs> in an apartment. Yeah. We were roommates when we played together in Winston Salem. So the fuck out of here. Yeah, to go to go from, you know, uh, a former That's teammate awesome. slash roommate to now his son is uh is makes it to the national hockey league and at five eight 165 pounds it, it was unbelievable and and you know what they didn't think 
that he was going to make it after his second year. I mean, they had pretty much who Arizona. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Why? Because he was in Tucson. Well, he, he he was in Tucson, and if you look at his stats the first couple of years, you know, hey, they it's a big good. jump, right? He went they from. They weren't good. Being, he only had like six goals one year. Exactly. And because he was telling him to get ready for the Southern Pro League, because he's the funniest guy in hockey. Was he really? Because those guys are tight. Was he saying that? Well, well, because he's been his guy, right? Because he's yeah. Cause but he's was he saying that to Con? I wouldn't have. I would never say that to him, even if I thought it. I never thought. No, it, but... you know how Cuzzy is. Like Cuzzy does that, and, and but I don't because Cuzzy's that... a mystery. Cuzzy's like the the mystery <laughs> of the world. When I saw he's him on the. So when I saw him on your roster today, I was like, oh, my God, Cousin, Mike Cousmich? But he only played, like, 15 games. <laughs> but he got, like, 21 points. Yeah. Oh, he could dangle. He could stick hand on the phone book. Oh, really? He, he could? Could. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was legit? Yeah. It was legit? Yeah. Yes, he was. What, yeah. what was his – we're going to break down Mike Cousmich now. What's up, Cousy? What was his downfall? Didn't um, want to work on like so I bump into Cuzzy in like fucking the Braintree Plaza like once a year. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really? In like the fucking like the fucking underwear section of like Bradley's. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know what? He is hey, up with the women's underwear. <laughs> he has done. He has done so much. For, for those kids in that area over these last 25 years. Yeah, the Quincy years. kids and all these he's, kids. He's been so helpful for, for so many players in that area um, that people don't even realize what Mike Kuzmich has done for a lot of I don't players. know. I, I used to, like, I have his home number, and I used to, um, I used to uh, call him, like, when I was just home bored. Just to be like, oh, because he probably wants to talk to someone. He only had a home number. He would, like, go to the <laughs> rink. And but like this is like what he would tell people, but probably he's like an international spy or something. <laughs> Nobody really knows. No one knows. That's why when I bump into him in a Walmart, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing at Walmart at the Braintree Plaza, bro? In the fucking ladies' underwear section, bro. Come on. Oh, uh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So listen, you're at the Arizona Coyotes. You're there for yeah. three years. Uh, is this two the best years. time of your life? Oh, two years. Sorry. You know what? Because you're, you're, you're like, you're, you're established now. You're making, you have to be making six figures. Yeah, I was certainly making uh, the most money I've ever made. And, and that's always <laughs> You good. say that all humble. Just say it like, yeah, I was making a killing. <laughs> well, I wasn't making a killing, but I was, you know, I, you know it was good to How much? Good to make How much do assistant coaches in the NHL make? You know what? It really varies. It, it, it varies. There are some all guys. Right, so the, the lowest you can get as an assistant is what? It's actually under six figures, the lowest guys. All right, so uh, what's the most? Well, there are some teams and some organizations, and they're probably not straight-up assistants. They, you know, they've got the title of associates. Some guys are making five, six 600000 There's very few, though, very okay. few. And trust me, I was not one of those guys. Okay, so what, your, your last year is in Hershey, which is last year. So yeah. tell us about that, and what's, what's the future look like? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I didn't know what was going to happen because I thought I was going back to Arizona. Um, for whatever reason, it didn't, uh, it didn't work out. I, I honestly still don't know why, but it is what it is. Um, it was in Because these August. people are sellout maggots in the NHL. That's uh, what... It's a crazy hey, I'll day. say it for you. Just keep going. <laughs> um, so it was in August, and I still didn't know uh, what I was going to do. Um, and things changed like, uh, all How within was your one team week. last year. Were you guys we, any good? Cause there's no staff. Yeah. No, we had a very good team last year. What was your record? Um, 
Providence You're an assistant here. Who's the head? Yeah. Providence beat us out by like a point. Um, Who's the head coach? Spencer Cobbery's the head coach in, in Hershey. Young kid, right? Yeah, young kid, up and coming guy. Uh, trust me, you're going to hear his name. He's going to coach in the National Hockey League. Uh, he's a good coach, does a good job. Um, we had a very good coaching staff. Shout out to you, Spencer Cobbery. Yeah, Alex Westland was our goalie coach. Patrick Wella uh, was also on that staff. Jared Ellenberger. Um, good staff you know, we, right there, bro. Good staff, all solid. Very all good, good staff. People. Yeah. All yeah. good people. Nobody like you, though. No one with the class you got. Well, it's a, it's a good staff, buddy. I, I'll tell you what. I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed working with, uh, you know. because How did this I'm season getting... end, the last game? Tell us about the very last game. How'd you lose? I want to say our last game, I'm pretty sure we played uh, at Providence. And uh, we were down 2 nothing late in the game. Pulled a goalie, scored two goals, six on five <laughs> to tie the game. And, uh, what? Yeah. And, and, and unfortunately lost in a shootout. Are you listening to this? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, you got was, two goals on six on five. How much goals, time did you pull the goalie with? Cause that's a big thing. Now guys are like, oh, I got pulled with five minutes left. Yeah. Well, we were down by two. So the first time we pulled them was probably just under two and a half minutes. Oh, that's left smart here. though. Like, so me, I, I, I think if you're down by two, four minutes. Let's yeah. Double. So we, we pulled them. Uh, scored with about two minutes left, and we waited another like 30 to 45 seconds, pulled him again, and tied it with probably about uh, 20, less than 20 seconds left in the game. Anything crazy or just banging it home? Uh, you know what? We had solid puck possession. Um, just and, moving and it around the outside, and then it's the shot from the top? Yeah, shot from the outside, shot from the like half wall flank areas, and, and, and found a way to score. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So now we get to the old Is this in back. Providence? This is in Providence. Place was yeah. going nuts. Packed house. Uh, it was a decent crowd. It was a Sunday afternoon game. Um, the Providence games are always special to me because growing up in New Bedford, I went to every rock and roll show from 1978. Kiss was my first show there. To everybody from ACDC, Van Halen. Oh, man. Uh, oh, man. Dad, yeah. Rhode Island used to rock it. They had unreal shows in that yeah. building. Yeah. Uh, so I spent a and lot of money. New Bedford's no, like, that's a rock and roll city, kid. It's a You're the pride of New Bedford. You're the pride <laughs> of New Bedford. I'm proud to be from New Bedford. Fucking friend. right. I'm proud to have you as my friend. <laughs> right Listen, back at you. I want to fucking wrap this up with just my little spiel here. Listen, you're okay. one of the most classiest guys I ever met. I, you come out of nowhere. I'm fucking blessed to know you. Um, when I was going through my phone looking for guests, I was like, this guy's one of the fucking the best hockey guys, like a Nicky Fatio, like a guy that I tell my dad, this is why I'm still living, dad. Listen, I want to shout out Scotty Allen, <laughs> fucking head coach in the National Hockey League next year. Hopefully, there's a lot of openings. That fucking league keeps recycling these fucking bombs. I want half these guys gone. I want some fresh blood in that league. And I love you, Squatty Allen. I love you. Right back at you, bro. I hope I did a good interview. And I hope awesome. I let you speak. I love you. It was awesome. Love you too, Billy. And we'll talk soon. All right, brother. And give, give my best to your family, brother. I appreciate that. Thank, Thank you very much. Three, two, one. Billy, big time is showtime and action. Willie Francis, what's going on, my new friend? How are you? 
What's up, Billy? Big time. How are we doing today? <laughs> Billy, big time. Listen, I want to jump right into it, right? You're a six-round draft yep. pick. Um, you're 6'5", 211, and uh, you're a right shot. You're born November 16, 2000. God, you're a young buck. In Cherie Shoreview, Minnesota. Tell us about what got you started into the game of ice hockey, Willie Francis. Yeah, I guess, you know, it's a family tradition in Minnesota to begin with. Um, my grandpa played, won a state championship here in Minnesota in the uh, private school ranks growing up. He was a, he was a city boy out of St. Paul. Um, What's his my name? My dad played. What's your Bud grandpa's Francis. name? Bud? Okay. Bud Francis. Yeah. Great name. Uh, probably, probably, probably a playground legend, actually, in St. Paul back in, like, the 50s and 60s. He shares the <laughs> same name with us, with a full name, William. Oh, I got to be Francis. Yeah. Yep. Yep. If and, you're a Francis. Uh, he, exactly. And uh, he got my dad started when he was young. My dad played up through high school, uh, but he was more of a football meathead and pursued football and college. What position? And then, uh, what position? Strong safety on the oh, yeah. defensive side. Hard. North hard Dakota hit. State? NDSU, baby. Yes. Yes. And so you played football, yeah. too, as well, right? Yep, I played football all the way up uh, until my junior year of high school. Do you think it helped you with your hockey, being tough and hitting and whatever else, how to take a hit, et cetera? Yeah, I think it definitely correlates, like, multiple aspects, uh, whether it's, you know, the team game of it. There's 11 guys on a football field, and it's a little smaller with hockey with only five, but also the same thing with, like, the intensity. And, Great uh, answer, kind of, like, Willie. The, tena the, the tenacity you need, you know, as a, uh, as a hockey player. Like those Great football answer. plays quick, short, short, short in four seconds. And uh, Great hockey's answer. a little longer, but if you're able to add that intensity through a whole shift. You, you know, seem a lot more mature right, than 19 right years old. Willie, you seem a lot more mature than 19 years old. Are you sure you're 19? <laughs> I'm 19 according to the birth certificate. I don't know how uh, how accurate that could be because with my size and everything. But well, how top, big are you right now? Knowledgeable. How big are you right oh, now? Rick. Well, like you said, probably 6'5", 210. Well, a little lighter right now. But. You got guns on yeah, you? How are your arms? Are your arms big? Are you jacked? Are you ripped? What? Uh, yeah, they, kind of, they actually kind of compare What's me your to body my, uh, fat? You're 19 years old. Yeah. You're 6'5", 210? Hey. What's your body yeah, six, fat? 6'5", 210. Probably like 6%. Yeah, you're a freak. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so the <laughs> you played Minnesota High School. I don't know if you guys – sorry, the microphone fell. I don't know if you guys know that about Minnesota high school hockey. It's different than Massachusetts. They have to stay with their uh, neighborhood or town uh, until yeah. uh, a bantam or a midget, right? Exactly. It's a, it's a community-based, like, organization. So I played mite hockey. I'm not sure what you guys call it. Basically, the town yeah, I was in – We call it mite squared peewee bantam yeah. midget. Yeah, exactly. So that whole youth youth rank, you play with your community with an association, and uh, it's probably you and kids that live within five to ten minutes of your front door. That's so you guys play with weird. each other for, for the last too. 12 years. That's weird, bro, right? It, Did you feel like that was weird when you were growing up? Because it is weird. You know, I think I think it's it's not weird. It's just unique. Um, it is unique. It, the community base, because then at the end of it, when you're playing in front of everybody in front of the high school championship, you got your whole city behind you. You don't have some random kid from 40 minutes away. Yeah, but do you like your whole a, city? Who lives out on a What lake. if there are people in the stands you don't want cheering for you? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, then you got to have some thick skin. 
Hey, yeah, listen, what would they chant out there? Was there anything funny? I know you guys got the hair thing going <laughs> with that stuff. Dude, would they chant anything funny? Like, you can't read. That's what they used to do with the <laughs> Uh Yeah, it depends on the school. Like, if you die plan, those guys are a bunch of cake eaters, a bunch of rich kids from the west side. So they usually <laughs> What'd you they call them, cake eaters? Some, uh, What's a cake eater? Cake Tell eaters. us. <laughs> Like they they eat cake. They're cake eaters. <laughs> what do you eat? <laughs> fucking cookies. <laughs> oh, uh, no, we probably, boy. We probably we're probably fucking hard. On, you hard eat on hash meat, brownies, meat probably. You maniac. <laughs> Listen, you so your first year out of U.S. high school hockey, you're in the USHL, the best league in the world for young kids. So I yep. want to shout out to USHL. I played in Sioux City, only six games. I had an open case in the court system. I was not gonna go to a college. Um, none of the colleges wanted me because of that fact. So I turned pro at 18 years old and went up to the OHL. A lot of kids like you guys, like you and Willie Francis and whatever, the USHL is the best league in the world for a kid that wants to go to college. Tell us about the USHL and yep. why you went there from the Minnesota high school hockey. Please, Willie. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I left my senior year of high school out of Minnesota, which is – Somewhat um, not prototypical out of a Minnesota kid. They usually preach stay through your senior year, but if you're trying to, you know, make it to the next level, play college well, hockey and just play pro five, hockey beyond that. You're six five, two ten, and you're nineteen. Bro. <laughs> when I was yeah, nineteen years old, I was six foot one, one hundred sixty three pounds. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, if you're trying to pursue that, you're gonna want to be, you know, in that in that USHL league. It's a top league like you said, in the world. Um, and it's just an easy choice for any kid. Were you the best defenseman to, uh, in the league? Hockey. Were you the best defenseman? In the USA I like I've watched some tape on you now. You sent me a fight. I said, all right, let me look at the tape on this kid. You remind me kind of like as an 81, and like forget, Chernak uh, on Tampa Bay. What's his name? Chernak? Is that Eric his name? Chernak. Chernak. Is yeah. he 81 on Tampa Bay? You remind me of a him yeah. or an Adam McQuaid. Or a, um, a Johnny Boychuk. What would you – who do you like model Colton, your game like after? Like a Colton, Colton Preco. Okay. Okay, great answer. St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. fucking awesome. Colton Preco, St. Louis. That kid, you know what I call him, right? Drago. What do you call him? He looks like Ivan Drago. <laughs> he looks just like Ivan Drago. I'm not – I'm just saying. Yeah, he does. Um, and, yeah, so, yeah, USHL is obviously a great league. We're trying to go to college. Um, trying to go to college, between... you're six five two ten. You're the best player in the USHL. You're going to the pros. No, I, Billy, I'm not the best player in the USHL. Who's the best player maybe in the, the USHL? The then? Who is it? Who that is the year? best? My first year, the best, the best player in the USHL. We played against that. Uh, that uh, the, what's uh, I don't know who the best player is. There's a whole lot of good ones, but I'm well, sure who's the best? best? Who's the best player um, you ever played against? Now, you're 19 years old. You played top-end hockey from Minnesota your whole life. Who's the best guy you've ever been on the ice with? The best guy I've ever been on the ice with? Sure. Uh, Riley Tufty. Tell us about him. Riley Tufty, he's, uh, he's from my rival high school, actually. He's from Blaine High School. He's a 6'6 cat. Um, plays in the star. He plays for the Texas Stars right now, AHL. Big player. He's 6'6". Played uh, college hockey. 6'6", six, six, probably like 230. Big dude, can absolutely fly. Went first round of the Stars. Okay, tell us about him. I, I skate with him right kid? now, actually, a little bit here and there. Yeah, Minnesota kid. He was probably 15, 20 minutes for me. He went to, he went to the rival high school, and now we're – Did we're, you ever I'd get any good hits on him? Buddy. 
I never, I never cleaned them. No, I, I was never able just to line them up and get them. How um, many fights did you get but, in the USHL last year, or the year before? Uh, your first just, year, just that one, just that one. It's a fifteen-minute penalty. It's not worth it to sit out I that much know, of the game. I know, I know. When we talked yeah. the other night, but the way you throw them, though, it must be like you must just want to be fucking eat people out. And there. it's it, sometimes it's sometimes it's tough to get people to fight too. You know, they, like some guys just don't want it. I wouldn't fight you, bud. I'm not for a second. I wouldn't have you on my show if I didn't think you were the real deal. Anyways, listen. What happened your second year? I know you contracted cancer. Um, it's not the yeah. same thing as Hodgkin's lymphoma. It's called ALL. Nope. Tell us about it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll go back to that second year. So we go back a year ago today. I'm playing in Cedar Rapids. You know, I'm a probably top pair defenseman on the team with a with a Boston kid actually uh, from Walpole, Benny Meehan. Good kid. Yeah, Benny um, Meehan. Shout out to you, kiddo. Yeah. Shout out Benny Meehan. Shout out uh, to Aiden McDonough, your other friend. Yep, Dan, Jerry, Harding, all three of them. And all three Jerry. of them played in Cedar Rapids with me. Absolute beauties. Good Absolute guys. Beauties. Quick yeah, name, quick, quick name, quick name drops. <laughs> 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 and uh, and yeah, so yeah, last fall, you know, we had a super strong team coming into the year with you know hopes of making a deep playoff run. And September, October go by, and we're rolling. We have a good team, and I'll set a fluke thing middle of November practice. Um, I'm working on my power play spot after the, after practice. You are working on your what, kiddo? My power play one timer spot, which in is in practice. the middle. Of the, hopefully, it's from the middle of the ice. <laughs> so the, the, I was in the I'm in the I'm in the OV spot, Tibbs. I'm taking the one timer with the big. So you're the in the you're, in the you're on the half wall. Yeah. See, I'm not a big fan of the half wall from uh, the the one timer from the half wall. I'm not. I'm not. I I don't believe no. in it. I believe in the uh, the one timer from the middle of the ice. From the middle, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I don't like well, it to wrap is, around is, the boards and go out of the zone. And I've seen that happen too many times in too many power plays. Yeah, so it's, and I've watched too much hockey and played too And it's, it, you get shorthanded yeah. goals, guys stepping out of the penalty yeah. box. Uh, you're killing 30, yeah. 40 seconds to regroup. Anyways, you're exactly, working on your one-timer. We're running we're, – yeah, we're running it, rolling it. And, uh, yeah, I'm working on my one-timer middle of practice. All of a sudden, I uh, – How is – what what's the hardest you've ever shot at, Willie? Ooh, I've never timed it, but I gotta, I gotta be, I gotta, I, I, I would have to say I have to break a hundred. There's some. Do I have a harder shot than my... you? I shot at 105. Do I have a harder shot? No. I think my <laughs> shot's harder than yours. <laughs> You've never seen it, you cocksucker. <laughs> All right, so your second year, you're fucking working on your yeah. one-timer, or you feeling like shit? What happened? Yeah, I'm working on one-timer. Ice is terrible. I catch an edge, and I tore my meniscus season's done go home and get surgery the next week um which so is not sucks, a bad obviously. surgery meniscus is like fucking nope. in, in, if you don't if you blow you need that's bad but a meniscus is yep. like a hangnail no yeah but yeah, exactly if you it's basically i'm like, sorry yeah, but if i you torn my meniscus to, it's nothing Can no you don't them? even need the thing is the thing is with a meniscus is you don't even need it like it's just there it's a cushion it's but physical anyway, therapy it. it's a physical therapy injury it's not like a surgery thing exactly yeah no it's not it's not like uh ligament or something it's not it's not something structurally that's gonna mess so you're you up a stud six five you're you're on your way to like <laughs> minnesota minnesota duluth you're, you're tearing your meniscus yep. and you and then when yep. you go fucking to the doctor and they say you got cancer yeah, nuts. and so then we'll get into that's that nuts. story. It's fucking crazy. It well, that's where we're going for this. Because uh, that's yeah, what happened in your second year. 
Yep. And so then I go into school early, a semester early. Um, that way. Yeah, I, tell you know, us about my... that because that was fucked up with me yesterday when we talked. Like yeah. you just said, hey, yeah, come yeah, to school. Once... You got a scholarship with a bet with cancer. Yeah. Well, I didn't know I had it yet, so I was already. But you in got school, the scholarship, so... and then they brought because you tore your meniscus, and then they say, "Oh, just just graduate. Uh, just don't play the rest of the year. Take a redshirt year." Exactly. Because that yeah, was where I was Go ahead. Yeah, they wanted me to get a head, head they wanted me to get a head start on school. So then I'm already a semester ahead of Why are you retarded? coming in the next year. <laughs> <laughs> some people some people might say so. That's probably I why. I no, to... just... <laughs> Willie, do you see how but, good uh, this interview's yeah. going? Because we've been talking. That's why I wanted yeah, to talk to you. Yeah, we've been fucking friends for like two weeks, yeah. three weeks. <laughs> Just, yeah, we've just been we've just been tearing it up on Insta together, talking about the playoffs, different players, and getting a read on each other's game. And then, uh, yeah, like we're gonna we're gonna make we're gonna rock this. Interview yeah, you're a beauty. I got Neil Shea coming next week, young kids. Anyways, I'm gonna get oh, a yeah, young kid on my show, a college kid or a draft pick or or a local kid who who didn't make it or yeah. whatever. I'm gonna get someone on my show every a young kid. I wanna I wanna involve yeah. the young kids. So you're the leader of the young kids in this world right now. So go. Go finish it off. Yeah, finish it and, off strong. Uh, yeah, we, got, so, we got like five, ten minutes, and I want you to finish strong. What do you talk about? Getting cancer, beating cancer, yep. being who yep. you are. Go ahead. Exactly. And uh, yeah, so I'm up in Duluth at this time. It's January. I started working out again, upper body. I'm rehabbing a leg too. You know, I'm doing extra things. Getting. I just want to get back to the game. I, what, I are are what are you benching? I'm probably putting out 225 for reps. I don't know, six to eight reps, just consistently. This is pretty middle solid. of January. Pretty solid. Um, I couldn't do that right now. For five, and I'm 40. And yeah, and and I wasn't, and I'm not, and I wasn't bodybuilding. I'm just, you know, I'm getting strong. Like I'm just getting fit, and I'm eating a lot. I'm getting in good shape. And then uh, January hits, I'm getting in good shape. And then also middle of February, I started feeling like just a little tired. I'm like, oh, maybe it's a mid-season cold. You know, it's cold up in northern Minnesota. There's cold season goes around. Sure. Cold flu, the whole deal. And uh, and then I got uh, went into the doctor just because I had a really bad throat ache and got treated for tonsillitis. They gave me some anti. anti uh, what a fucking quack! I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, looking back on it, it's, I gotta be. Around, I'm it's crazy. Crazy. still gonna run. I still gotta run my life and look in the mirror and shave that face. <laughs> what a fucking quack! Like all these phony uh. motherfuckers out there. So what what did you do? Yeah. You were like, no, I feel I feel like shit, bro. You you went back yeah, to the doctor. I, I, I'm, oh, like, the I'm like I'm like yeah, I feel like I feel terrible, so I start taking antibiotics. Um, the throat infection goes away, but I'm always tired. I'm just like, what the hell is going on? I'm just like always gas. So then I'm like, oh, maybe I'll pick up some more sleep. So I started sleep a little bit more. Like I I go to class in the morning, go work out, then I take a nap, and like and then I have dinner or something. And uh, all you're doing is sleeping then, and working out. I'm just sleeping, working out, and going to school, like, in an, and then rehabbing my knee at the same time, too. And I haven't even skated yet to this point. And so I'm just working out, getting back, shooting pucks, doing the whole deal. And then late February hits, um, I kind of get sick again. I go in, and I get the same type of treatment. How so long now twice. since the first time you felt like shit? Since the first time I felt like shit, it's been at least, like, two to three weeks. Like, I, I, I just felt like garbage. Yeah, well, that's what it gets. It gets to a month. And so, yeah, like, and like we were talking about yesterday, like hockey player mentality, we're just like, oh, we can fight through this. Like, this is nothing to us. You know what I mean? Like, we fight through anything, fight through injury. Just like a little cold, like, I'm fine. Um, and then finally, we get into March, and 
I'm like really noticing, like I'm getting out of shape. Like I was a month ago, I'm benching 225, you know, hitting the weights hard and I'm feeling good. And I can barely get, yeah, I can barely get 225 up. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. And you're a young kid. You should be getting stronger at that age. Yeah. I'm 19 years old. I'm like, I'm eating a ton too. And then, and yeah, at the same time, I'm barely eating too. Like, or or I was still eating, but I used to have an appetite. Like I had to, something's wrong. Like, yeah, this ain't me. And uh, so then finally we hit spring break um, and I was able to go home because I had to see my surgeon for my surgery. um, But the team was still up in Duluth um, and I see my surgeon on a Monday and he goes, yeah, like your knee looks good. He's like, you're cleared to go skate. But this was just to go glide around and skate. So on a Monday, I go get my skates. I glide around the ice for maybe like 10 minutes. And it felt like I just had an hour bag skate. I'm just like, holy, am I ever out of shape? Wrong. Like, what is this? Yeah, you got cancer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like something. He got yeah. fucking cancer. Exactly. And then well, the next what, day. So what I happened? So what's the name of it? Because we call it all, but what's the name of it for the kids out there? Yeah, so I guess the official medical term would be acute lymphoblastic leukemia, and uh, it's basically just a it's a cancer in the blood. Um, the most common form of childhood cancer and i'm still considered a child just from where i'm uh, not a child where i'm at with the development thing i want to just say this real quick before you finish up this thing because um my producer's gonna get going and we're gonna be talking to you every week um oh yeah i want to i want to say that will francis is one of the most uh hardcore uh funniest um most genuine, classiest kids I've ever met. Uh, he comes from a very, very, very strong, very fucking loyal, very classy family uh, from a long time back in the uh, yeah. back in the like two or three generations uh, from um, yeah. uh, Northeast Canada, and then on down to Winnipeg, and then on down to Minnesota. Willie, I just want to say yeah. that. Uh, do you think we could finish up this next week? Um, because I, yeah, like, your story's There's got no so problem. much. It's got so much more uh, to it. Um, um, yeah, let's. What, how about this, kids? So, let's finish up to right before the diagnosis, and then we'll hit it next week. Listen, no, 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 no. I want to. We got no, a couple more okay. minutes. I just want to. I just wanted you to tighten this up because we got more to talk about. Yeah. Go ahead. Finish it. Yeah, up. we got. We got a lot to talk about. A lot of. So you're, so you're you're getting yeah, diagnosed. So I, I skate. Well, yeah, I skate that Monday, Tuesday, and both days I feel like shit. Like I skate 10 minutes and then I have to go sit on the bench and I'll do a drill. And then I'm like, wow, my other shape. Uh, and so I'm on spring break though. At the same time, uh, me and my dad and my uncle and my cousin, we head up to our uh, cabin up in Northern Minnesota and when snowmobile, it's kind of something, you know, we always do um, spring weather up there. It's usually a little nicer, a little bit out of the cold, but still, still some snow to ride the sleds around. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and we we're going out to eat. I have just no appetite. I was sleeping all day. Um, it's, I just wasn't myself, and they could kind of notice. So they're just like, they thought, like, I maybe it was yeah, they're the all your, they're, they, like that's your father and your uncle, family. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, they've seen me my whole life. Like, they're like, they're like yeah, and I'm you're a fucking big, like, handsome motherfucker. <laughs> you are. I, I looked at your then. picture. I was like, this kid might be better looking than me. No way. <laughs> I'd have to get it from somebody. So much. No, you are fucking handsome. <laughs> you Thank got you it, Willie. You got it, Willie. You got it. 
and, you're gonna uh, be you're then, gonna be the biggest fucking defenseman, the toughest defenseman, <laughs> the best defenseman in the NHL. The Anaheim Ducks made made a great pick. I the first night I talked to you, I said to myself, "There's something special about this kid." Listen, I don't want to yeah. cheapen your story at all, so I want to cut it off right yeah. now because I'm I'm gonna take yeah, it, take it. charge right now, Willie. All right, so if you, okay. I know you're a very powerful guy, we're gonna cut it off right here, yep. and we're gonna do we're gonna start with you next week if that's all right with you. Yeah, perfect. That works perfect. Is that all right with you? Because I want to finish up strong about Mario Lemieux calling you, uh, about you beating cancer, about you fucking yeah. getting back into the training, about you teaching kids, about you being my friend, and about you being in the NHL without even spending any time in the minors. If, if, and if the backdoor back back boxing. Listen, you box in the hood. <laughs> hey, he boxes in the hood of Minnesota. I said, yeah, that's funny because I used to go to Pittsburgh in the hood, and I fought Eddie – Fast hands, something or other. Uh, and he fought Vladimir Klitschko. So, anyways, yeah. we'll fight if you want. Anyways, I love you, buddy. And I'm going to text you soon. Uh, actually, when you get off your skate, you text me. And I think this interview okay. went unbelievable. And we're going to start with you next week. Okay? Perfect. We're going to finish it up. Sounds good, too. I'm